spirituality, consciousness, health, and mindset. Welcome to the Ascent Podcast. We're your hosts. I'm Chris Hopper. And I'm Dan Harrison. Together, we are all wisdom and knowledge. Hey, what is up everyone? Hope you are all doing well wherever you are in the world. And speaking of wherever you are in the world, we would love to know where you are located on the planet. And an idea we want to do is add a little quick 20 second snippet each week to the podcast, seeing who you are, what you're up to and where in the world you're located. So to do this, the best way would be to send us over a 15 to 20 second audio recording via our email. The best Thing you can probably do this on is your mobile and each week we will choose one or two to play before each podcast and I really hope you all like this idea and I think it will allow and highlight all the beautiful people around the world that are out there who will listen to this thing and show the community and show it to everyone that there are other many different people out there who are also asking the same questions so if this is something you think would be cool just record a quick 15 to 20 second audio saying who you are, what you're up to and where in the world you are located. I think it will be really cool and in general we just want to see who's out there listening to this thing and put some voices to the to the listen, to the listeners. So anyway, this week we bring to you another episode of Observing Our Thoughts. Some of the things we talk about are not nature's ability to deepen conversations, how certain malicious ideas can actually turn on themselves. We talk about parasites, and in particular, human parasites. We talk about lucid dreams, and also towards the end of this podcast, I told a story about a lucid dream where the dream itself actually turned myself into a female prostitute. <laughs> so stay tuned for that. And as you know, we are now... We have been doing this podcast for a while now and it may just look like fun and games just recording a podcast and putting it up but honestly it is a lot of hard work and if we can get a bit more freedom i.e. being financial backing from you guys we can really take this to no level. We're never going to make people pay for these conversations. We believe in making all this information available to everyone for free but all we're saying is if you see some value in these conversations and they add something to your life or even just help you through the day or week or whatever it is, please just consider becoming a patron. Buy Chris a beer, buy me a piece of fruit or whatever but as you know all these conversations are now in person and we're travelling all over the place and if you could help us out that would make what we do a whole lot easier and allow us to keep doing this as well so anyway we love you all keep seeking everyone and improving who you are and enjoy this conversation Sort of observing our thoughts. Observing our thoughts, definitely. We've brought the podcast outside this time for once in nature. Yeah, there was loads of ducks. You probably hear one now. There was loads, but now there's none. Scared them away when Dan took his shoes off. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyways, how have you been? I'm really good. It's been beautiful in the UK as well. Ah, oh, it has, brother. It's beautiful. Thirty degrees now, I would say. 
Yeah, it's Six. about seven o'clock at night. Luckily, we're in the shade, thankfully. <laughs> <laughs> For our peel skin. Yeah, we've, we've had a lot of English peel skin. <laughs> <laughs> you wouldn't believe it. It's been a, had a month of this. And <laughs> <laughs> we don't look English anymore. <laughs> <laughs> None of us do. So how are you then, anyway? Really good. Do you know what's pretty interesting though, about? Because I know in the past we used to. Me and you used to bring these conversations outside where we used to sit beside the lakes. Yeah. Yeah, sit beside the lake. Went to the Lake District on a few of other podcasts that we did in the past. Mm-hmm. And But the dynamic of coming outside and being next to a lake, I think it does something within a conversation. It opens you up. Yeah. Like, have you ever... I mean, I don't know if you ever with, you with your partner or you were, even with a friend. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be a lake. I think it just has to be nature. But if you walk through nature or you, you sit beside a lake, I think the conversations become a lot deeper and a lot more introspection yeah you sort of get like um a bigger picture of it all because mm-hmm. you feel more interconnected with the universe especially when we're talking about the universe and we're sitting in a a proper compact wooden box we don't kind of miss out on the whole elements aspect of nature mm-hmm. in life but when you're actually thrust out here right here right next to the lake grass the trees are blowing like there's noises in the background you feel more alive you feel more connected you want to talk you want to experience you want to communicate you want to feel all this that's what it's all about brother you you said a while ago to me um we went down to london uh i think it was last month yeah and you a while ago before that you wondered you had this you wanted the sort of feeling and notion that a city for you is was was a part of nature and a city for you you yeah. felt you could find peace and you could find comfort in nature mm-hmm. and you for you at that time it didn't feel any different from where we are now but yeah. then it was a month later you had a different realization you said to me that for you nature for not for you now a city doesn't feel warmly it doesn't feel like home for you anymore what why so no, why is that it didn't feel like when i was driving down to london i felt um a lot more of a disconnect within myself it might have been from the long drive or it might have just been that whole city traffic or it might have just been the complete lack of nature. Mm. But I just did, did feel like a disconnect within myself. Even when we're experiencing stuff like when we're walking around because the England game was on and there was a buzz, everyone was feeling energised and that was a very vibrant scene. It was very... But ultimately, it could be our downfall of just like when I was there, I seen... People think this is it when it's really not. Because I was so blind when I was looking at it before I was in a proper, a caked out like world of being lost really because I was viewing everything as something special but really not everything is special. You, like you, a, a whole uh, concrete block is not special compared to a beautiful tree that's taken decades to build, grow. But... I'm not. I mean, we don't know if that's the right thing or not because I mean, I listened to Terence McKenna lecture yeah. a while ago, and there was a guy who posed an interesting question to Terence McKenna, and he said that when we, when we look at nature, like we look at a, see, we, you have ants, and they build like a termite termite hill. We don't perceive that termite hill that the ants have built is is like sort of technology or not natural. Yeah. But that is technology of the ant, and see if we build like the Statue of Liberty or we build a town city like London, we see that as like not natural and as technology so we don't really know what's the right answer because when you pose yourself that question you think about it it put, does put your mind in a dilemma what is of nature and what's not of nature I still think I can find peace there just like as I can find peace out here easily Yeah. but peace in there at more externally you'd be more pushed to your limit Yeah. whereas here internally and externally you feel 
at peace but whereas if I could put you into London you would survive you'd become more internal you'd work. adapt yeah you? you'd still like have your whole strength and inner connection within but obviously without the the whole beautiful aspect of nature around yeah see for me I know what you mean I think because we are we as human beings we are very adaptive forces I think like we had a conversation before me and you about how yeah. adaptive we are around certain groups of friends I mean I think our body as well on a nutritional level or biological level is always adapting to different environments within outside ourselves and we're adapting externally but I still think though that for me if I was in nature I still like for me nature feels like home like this feels more homely it's always felt homely yeah. I mean I don't know if that's because me and you were brought up in more of a, a nature uh, more we had more access more, to yeah, it yeah more access to nature I think yeah. if you maybe if you grew up in city in a city environment that's all you know I mean I had one of my friends um, who lives in Tarifa now he he fe- like Tarifa is a very more like sort of it has v- beaches it has mountains it has forests it's very like sort of more I'd say more of a natural world more of a nature feel to it yeah but he feels that he grew up in London now he lives in, in Tarifa but he misses the city life oh wow he misses it you know what it is I don't think it's about you know when I talk about it as a as like a concrete structure we're talking about what it is visually mm-hmm. right but if you you know how we talk about internally if you t- look internally at the city what you see is loads of people connecting interacting with each other you could live there for like two years and you could meet so many people and you can make loads so many friends yeah. each and every single person I mean I watched a film before it was about loneliness and it showed you like the deep rooted problems about one man uh, who could be who was alone by himself and it was uh, I think he was alone for seven days mm-hmm. I think it was um, an advert actually and in this advert he showed him, him being alone for seven days and without any contact from anybody took away his phone and he said he was really really struggling without the human connection and that's what I think people in big cities who were born there crave like the human connection Yeah. so maybe people need the human connection more than the nature connection do you know that's the, an interesting I thought that's a good point I've got two things to say on that if I try and remember um, the first thing is that there was a study I can't remember what it was but it was it actually calculated that the biggest thing to determine a person's health is was loneliness so if like a person was lonely and lived by themselves for long periods of time that was a big benef- big factor in their health deteriorating yeah but, uh, I've heard that in but as well song. there was another study as well which said that like you used the example of city life why people might be drawn to the city aspect because there is like a bigger wide of pe- community of people but there was a study I think I've said this before on the podcast I might have I can't remember but it was basically a study about bono- a guy who studied bonobos and there was what's a, them by the way uh, they're a form of ape I think they are Oh, form I of didn't monkey. know that, brother. Um, and basically, these this set of this guy who studied these bonobos understood that this the group of bonobos thrived in a group of like say twenty to thirty people. But if the tribe got more than that or less than that, they started to deteriorate in health. And the reason that oh, how wow. they found that out was because see if there was like certain the bonobo tribe got too big and it got too stretched, and there wasn't all them family connections and people interacting in the ways that there were in the past. Yeah. They they would start growing grey hairs. They would get distressed. They would start getting angry. They would fight more. Why is that? I think it's the aspect of just. I mean, you you know that. You think with more people, you become more safer. You become like in a less stressed environment. You'd feel more of, of a you connection. You think that, wouldn't you? Yeah, you would. 
but I think it maybe when you stretch a you community too out too far, you lose a bit of you because you have to adapt to so many people. Whereas if you're adapting to say twenty people, you don't really have to change much of who you are. But if you dropped into fifty to sixty people, you might have a different character. You play at each single one of them people. It is. I think it is. It's a men, it's a state of mentality. I mean, we you get in factories. I mean, can you, you can you remember a few years ago where we used to live? I mean, the population has boomed in every single state, lots lots of places around the world. Mm-hmm. But I remember when I was younger, you used to know everyone who used to play out within your streets. You know their mum and dads and stuff like that. But now the world's grown bigger and bigger and bigger. That that form of connection, like the connection's there because the connection's on through the internet, mm-hmm. but the connection's not there, like the real connection. Like yeah. FaceTime's there, but f- real FaceTime's not there. <laughs> I like that, brother. FaceTime's there, but it's not <laughs> really <laughs> <laughs> real FaceTime. <laughs> I like that. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it's actually, uh, I actually uh, was thinking about writing a book on loneliness that for a long time, so I've done loads of research on it. And I was reading, 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 studying, studying, studying. And there was a beautiful TED Talk, and it discussed about how America... America's number one problem to health is actually loneliness. It's not obesity, which I was shocked by. But you're saying like the, the vast loneliness in people causes such a bad chemical imbalance, like physical imbalance in the body, that's like structural suicide. And it's scary to actually think how an external factor can create such turmoil in in the internal factor. I like that. I was thinking there as well that for me, I think loneliness, it's not just... It's not just like um, the sense of because I think you can still be lonely even if you have friends. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a because good point. I, I've felt that. I've felt that a lot of times where you feel a lot of times that you've got all this, you've got a connection of people around you. But when you start developing as a person, you start, and I'm not saying it's the one way or the other way is right. But you start developing more as a person. You can leave certain people behind. Would they be really friends then? Maybe they were a friend for one point in your life. Yeah. But then you outgrow your friends. But that, I think there's, in, within that, there's periods where you you lose a, you can have a, a sense of loneliness within that. Yeah. Like, so you could be... You could be with your friends. You could have a certain group of friends and you could outgrow them and then there's a period of loneliness where you, you feel disconnected. You feel like you can't share or observe certain things that's happening in life because mm-hmm. they are on a different trajectory. And I think there could be a, a spell of loneliness. And it's only, I think, when you in that position when you expand your expand your reality to meet more different people who are on your level of thinking like I think that's yeah. why it's always good to to expand your horizons when you are because a lot of people who listen to this podcast are going to be very similar to us where they are thinking about different stuff like you have conflicts where if you're in a job like we've had this before you've seen it before we in, you're in a working environment and there's people in your working environment who aren't expanding your horizons and you feel like you've got to lower your consciousness or lower your conversations I think the and you're going to feel lonely within that. That's a sense of loneliness. Even mm, though you've got loads of people really around you, it's going to be a sense of loneliness. But one big thing to do is, is is to actually expand your horizons. Like go, join a yoga class, join a, a meditation class. Like Because a lot of people all the time say things. I mean, I get messages all the time on Facebook, people saying that. There's nobody around us to speak about these topics. Where are you looking? But where you're looking there's always you need to start looking in different places like if you even just went on Google now and just typed in local meditation classes I mean we did this me and yourself me and yourself we were looking for guests on the podcast yeah. and we found a Buddhist meditation school which was like five minutes away we found we had Jane on the podcast we did the sound podcast 
We had she was life coaches. We met like so many people. We just because of we just thought a little bit differently and it expanded our horizons. Yeah, definitely, and that's what a lot of people don't do. They believe that their inner cir- sorry, their outer circle needs to change for them. Mm-hmm. Well, obviously, the outer circle is never going to change for you. Your inner circle has to get has to broaden to create a larger um, circle to find new people. So, like you just said, there, spot on. There's sites where you can go. Um, I think one of them is meetme.com, and you can just type in the type of people you want to interact with, and that'll show you like groups or where you can actually go and interact with. And straight away, you can tell within five minutes whether you're going to be able to like grow as a person from there. Because if you're not growing structurally, you are dying. You are dying inside. If you cannot find like, that's how important like the connection is between with like people. And we talked about this just before the podcast. So this is, it really must be like a crucial part of someone's life. Because you can always you can always tell like when someone's talking about a subject, and you can really feel like yeah, we've seen this before, haven't we? Yeah, but. Ultimately, we know if you surround yourself with, well, it's it's the great um, saying: if you surround yourself with um, five people who are exactly the same, you'll eventually become the sixth. Yeah. Five millionaires, you'll be the sixth. Five idiots, you'll be the sixth. It's that simple. It's that broad. You become what, who you are, and sorry, you become who you surround yourself with. And as well, I think as well because I think a good thing for that as well is. Not only just what you what the people you surround yourself around, but the objects you surround yourself around, yeah. and they also what information you surround yourself around. So, like, for, I know for me and you is that like podcasts now, like people have. I mean, podcasts have been a huge part for me and you, and someone who's listening to this now, podcasts are part of their life because they're giving the attention to this conversation itself. Yeah, definitely. But like, imagine. I mean, how much has podcasts in general been been a factor in that? Because I know my life. I mean. If you didn't have the podcast, where would you be? Mentally I, I, and physically? Of course. I mean, I listen to, I think I listen to five, six, seven, or eight or nine podcasts all the time. And then, and then people speaking become a part of who you are. Like, they become a part of your thoughts. Like, some of the things that I'm seeing now, I know they're things that they've said have rubbed off on me and went into my psyche, in my consciousness. Yeah, likewise. Which our thoughts are going to be doing the same to someone else. But I think that's an important thing as well, isn't it? Surrounding yourself with not only just friends, but everything analyze yourself like that i mean mm-hmm. analyze podcasts as your friends like are, is, is this podcast hindering me or actually helping us is this food hindering me or helping me is this object to have me room like i could have a plant instead of having a diffuser yeah and people will go straight away well it's not that black and white well sometimes it is just a case of good versus bad mm-hmm. it's so it's such a simple aspect of just someone asking yourself a question around is it, it? Would I eat this if I was, if I wanted uh, an amazing body? Would I eat this? If I wanted an amazing mind, would I eat this? Like get a piece of fruit, food, and see it. Is this is this a healthy friend for me? I was talking to a guy. He's he's had a lot of um, issues of late, and he's been really struggling a lot, like very financially, physically, mentally. And I was just telling him loads of different information. Like, first and foremost, what have you got in life? And he started to analyze his life, and he was like, I haven't got really got much. I was like. Well, why don't you create something for you? Create something, anything in life. And so he's went out and bought um, a notepad and he's just starting to write all his ideas in and write that. designs like of his head. And and what I'm telling him now is that's yours. All them creative thoughts, they're yours. So you feel like you've got something in life? That's what I do, you know. I've still, I keep doing that. I've, um, 
every now and again to remind myself because I think it's always good to remind yourself and for me writing that down journaling it down is always a good way to remind myself to force to do something new mm-hmm. and I, I keep writing new things that I want to try so like one of mine was kayaking I've always wanted to kayak and I never did it so I thought I've noticed I need to write this down on a piece of paper because if it's there to remind us every single day it'll force us to do it mm-hmm. and then soon enough that manifested and I got a kayak and all the one was a tattoo which I've just got a tattoo and for a while I was how everyone <laughs> everyone wants to say the tattoo the Yusen tattoo <laughs> but it's my name everyone it's my name <laughs> big Chris was here <laughs> <an arrow. laughs> love <laughs> big love heart I've lost my trail of thought there what was I saying? Again? Nah, you were saying like you oh, doing yeah. things for you. Like yeah, yeah. So tattoo, I, I didn't. I, I wanted to. Um, I wanted to get a tattoo for a while, mm-hmm. and I kept sort of like, I never wrote it down or anything. I just had it in the back of my mind, and I never, it never really manifested. So that's why I think there's there's something powerful about writing things down, and something does happen when you write things down. Whether it's just, whether it's something like the law of attraction, it seeds in your mind, whatever it is, or even it's just a sense of that you know you've got that rem- constant reminder in front of your face, mm-hmm. that it's sort of, it's imprinted in your mind a lot more and it makes you do that thing oh yeah well, exactly Dan. and that's that's how powerful a thought like that can be that's how strong that we have to interact like with with um, the tools that we have I mean we were talking earlier about like a little technology the pen and paper is a technology mm-hmm. it's a technology for us which expands our mind and actually the, um, I heard that the, t- the pen and paper were actually used to um, to dumb down people because the for people to write stuff notes down, it made their mind um, work less. That, and that was I, Aristotle. I, I think like that. Aristotle DM came up with that idea that if we work, sorry, if we if we start writing down our ideas and that, maybe we lose a bit of um, the mental strength that we have. That, it, it, do you know? What I think it's funny how ideas like that turn on turn on themselves because the internet did that. Like the internet was developed. I think was it for uh, the industrial complex, like for the military to spy on people around mm-hmm. the world. And that turned on itself, and it formed more connections. It formed more podcasts. It formed people expanding the consciousness. Netflix, like, <laughs> yeah, Netflix. <laughs> well, there's some good things on Netflix. So there's some brilliant Hell documentaries yeah. on there. But it's about a choice. A lot it's of a- independent media gets like thrown out now. A lot, so many people who didn't have a platform eventually get a platform. That's what I'm saying. You, do, you can do bad things with a piece of paper. You, like you can write a, um, <laughs> you can write like a, um, <laughs> like sort of a death threat to someone, <laughs> or you can, or you can actually write a beautiful poem that would change someone's life. Yeah, so that, exactly. that's a balance. So it's about choice. Like you said, technology before, but like fires the same. You can have a fire and you can you could burn someone's house down. You could burn somebody, but you could also make someone warm. Or you could someone you could cook some food and feed feed a thousand people. I'm reading a book called Persuasion right now, and. Um, and it goes through many different like tips and that what people can what people use and it's very scientifically backed. And one of the um and one of the um things what it shows was give a hand and out cl- um like surveyors, like who wants to do a survey, right? Hardly anybody. But if you write a note on that survey indicating that you're thanking them first for taking this and I'm really grateful for you, you write a little personalized note and you give it to them, they're thirty three percent more likely to do it. Because they've that that's a connection, you give them a, like a little human connection. And they've responded to that. What was it as well though? There was I, I read that study. I know what you mean. Um, it also I'm sure it also said as well that if it was a sunny day, they were more likely to take the survey. And as well, if they if they were more likely if they had hot water for for that warmly feeling for their breakfast, 
they were more likely to take that as well. Oh wow! I'm sure it was something like that. And it's another thing as well is um, how people just when the people are um, selling you a house, they put um, the bake stuff beforehand to give yeah. like the, the sense of like a, um, a homely feel and stuff like that. They want to make you feel. They want to give you the connection to that house straight away. It's interesting because you know how you sell smells. Smells there. I know this is nothing's off track in this podcast. We're going everywhere, everyone. But we'll be in there in a minute. <laughs> in the water. <laughs> <laughs> um, when you were talking about smells there, I, I, I was reading up on this thing the other day about how... Do you know, like, when we... We've talked a lot about this on the podcast before, but you know when you go in a room mm-hmm. and um, you have this intuition that someone's going to be this type of person or someone's this going to be this type of person. You get a vibe from that, from yeah. that room that you go in. There was a bit of information talking about how we have an unconscious pheromone that we we release in our bodies so that in it, it was linked to attraction as well. So when you're attracted to certain people, like certain people have a different state of pheromone that's still active, mm-hmm. but in some people it's not active. So like see if, um, like we, we talked about this before about how one of our friends um, gets a lot of girls. And he's necessary. He's a good-looking boy, but he's not not necessarily the best-looking boy. Mm-hmm. But what if? He, imagine if he's actually releasing some sort of evolutionary pheromone that he's more has more levels of than me and you have. Wow, that's just my ego seeing that. Hoping it is. <laughs> <laughs> no, but imagine. But on a serious note, though, imagine if he has. And like, imagine how many how if if that is true and that we do have. Like we can pick up on a, on a subconscious pheromones yeah. among different people. Like how much is that shaping your reactions? How much is that shaping your relationships of where of who you hang around with? Who you what girlfriend you choose? What boyfriend you choose? Mm-hmm. That's really imagine that. Yeah, um, I've just recently finished Charlie Morley's book, and he starts talking about um, the guests that we had on previously. Incredible, incredible. Was it recent? A couple of weeks ago. Anyways, in the book he was starting. Um, he was talking to another one of our guests, Robert Wagner, in a pub, and they were having a beer together. Anyways, Robert said, um, "Oh, let's go. Uh, um, let's go and just get a taxi home." And, and just get a taxi home. Yeah, he, <laughs> and, come um, with me. We'll dream together. <laughs> <laughs> and Charlie, and Charlie responds saying, um, "We'll never get a get a taxi here. We'll never get a black cab. Nowhere." So, anyways, he says. In life, you just got to... It's what you expect to happen. That's going to happen. So he said, I'm going to expect to see a, a taxi out there. And it's going to and it's gonna take me and you home. So they went outside. And Charlie was thinking, nah, it's, it's not going to happen. So anyways, he went out. And then what the first thing was seen was a guy getting ready for a shift in his taxi. And they went over and they got the taxi home. That's, it's, so it's what you expect to happen in life. That's what I believe, and I've been trying to put myself, put my mind into that of what I expect. And that's that story what you were just um, bringing up there. I wonder if he expected in life to get like, like a response. Maybe he didn't presume himself to be a good-looking lad. Maybe that was completely the opposite of the spectrum. But maybe he expected girls to react to him. Yeah. And that's what I was picking up from that. Maybe in life we expect something to happen because. Maybe it just happens. Maybe that's what the law of attraction states. Yeah, the, the universe playing a game or something. Yeah, it's weird because you try to look in. Oh, uh, sorry, mate. Go on. No, it's good that you brought that point up because I mean I've had. Do you know when you have one of them them weeks where, yeah, you, you you have that you have that, I wouldn't even say it's like expect. It's more of like. 
I can't, you can't exp- it's beyond language whatever it is it's more of a feeling I would say it is yeah. like I had a feeling that so I'll give you a scenario what happened is so I never really go on Facebook I go on to post certain things and things like that but I, I try and make an effort not to scroll to scroll through pages but the, anyway the, and you know always how your eye always catches like the monkey mind always catches the top the top post on the feed yeah. and it was from a guy who I don't really know him but he was he's, I've known him a while ago and I used to do certain sports with him and things like that so I've still got him on Facebook friends yeah and he had a thing on top of his profile like his, his news feed like his his headline said doing a half marathon today at Hexham and I was like alright whatever you know what I mean yeah 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 and then nothing courageously nothing out the blue from it out of the blue but then anyway I went to my mum's house and I was thinking I want to go out for a hike today where should I go and she goes Randomly out of the blue, she goes, oh, why didn't you go to, um, it wasn't Hexham, but it was a place that was a, a few miles away from Hexham. She went, why didn't you go to Hexham? And I just thought, ah, just do it, let's go. I never thought nothing of the first subconscious thing i seen. Mm-hmm. Then all of a sudden, I was walking on the trail. In the first place that I went, like, there's a huge place, and I could have went any trail wherever it was. And the first trail that I went onto, the first runner that ran past us was him. Wow. The first runner. And that's happened absolutely loads of times to, all through the week. There's been loads of instances where I'll think of something and then all of a sudden that same scenario that I've played out in my mind occurs. 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 Bloody hell. I mean, have you have you ever had any instances where the, where you sort of play with that aspect of the, the universe or whatever you want to call it? Because I do think that the universe every now and again does, like we talked about the last podcast we just done with Todd, like that's the trickster aspect of synchronicity. Mm-hmm. Like it does little things to you to like, to show you that there may be something higher, there may be something going on to this. It's that's more than out of your control. It's kind of like, uh, yeah, sorry. It's kind of like when you actually, um, you kind of get a sense of a knowing, basically. That's what I feel like. And I felt like this one day, I knew I was going to get a bad text from my girlfriend, right? Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, all right, it's going to happen. And I got, I don't know what I did, what happened. It was a couple of years ago. But I knew that the next message that I received was going to be amazing. And so I just sent a sent a nice text back. But I knew the response that I was going to get was just going to be a really beautiful response. So I waited. I waited. And the next response, and I opened it, and it was a beautiful, long, deep, meaningful message. And that blew my mind. And but at the time I wasn't overwhelmed by it because I kind of knew it was going to happen. Yeah. I was like, I, I was. It was kind of like I I expected it to happen. So the message I didn't I I didn't like get miss the message. I so I knew it was beautiful and everything. But because I knew it was coming, it's just like watching the end of a film. You know what a film that you've already seen. You are kind of like, yeah, it's beautiful. I like when the Terminator dies at the end. But <laughs> yeah. But I already remember that. And that's what I felt like. I felt like this was already a film I'd seen before, yeah. already a feeling that I've already experienced. It's interesting because we do we do get loads of moments like that in your life where if you but you've got to you have got to tune into them because I think there is moments where your mind can be bogged down by so many stuff, mm. like you have too many just too many things going in your life maybe and you can't tune into them. But there is like times I think if you do, you have periods. I mean, I have periods myself where it'll be like three or four weeks where it's happening all the time. Like at the minute, it's happening all the time. Yeah, and it's it's I have actually questioned as well. Is it is it the universe? Because I would say that I'm going through. I'm in point in my life at the minute. I'm going. I'm in a very 
and a very heightened t- state, I would say. I'm going through a lot of changes, like internally and externally. Mm-hmm. Does the universe like do it in them st- in in them states where you where the, f- the universe feels that you need to shake shaken up a little bit to show you to not take things so seriously? And that's what I sometimes think. That you know what, right? Uh, the because in the, we the two centers, because in them moments when just analysing it here, in them moments when you are going through difficult periods in your mind, you 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 don't think about it's hard to get you put yourself in the state of mind that this is just a game and it is don't take it too seriously because when you're wrapped up in something whatever's going on in your life do you know what you're so wrapped up in it you can't see it so maybe the universe just does a little nudge like a cosmic nudge yeah and just says ha 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 here i am <laughs> do you know what i've put um is that um you know when i put this do the show notes and i put the opening quote mm-hmm. the quote is um, i read it did you? Yeah. I was thinking that. I was thinking you either read it or this is a matter of the universe working with us right now. I like read it. No, I read it. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was the trickster actually playing a trick on me there. Yeah, I remember Todd. I remember asked. I remember asking Todd that question though in the podcast. Yeah. As well. But I did read. I, was, I did read what you wrote. As well. <laughs> <laughs> that was brilliant. I thought that was a trickster playing me there. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know, here's an interesting thing I was thinking about. We um I posted this post on uh, our Facebook a while ago, and it was an article of showing the picture of a of a brain of like a brain cell and then the universe mm. what if right here's an interesting question right what if we're actually living we're also living in the cell of another creature so like within our mind now when you look at a brain cell it looks it visually looks like a universe yeah and scientists now are, are looking at lots of stuff like the eye itself there's like bacteria they're looking at even a blade of grass sometimes it has lots of forms of like the very, what's the word? Very, there's a very symbiotic relationship that everything has that sort of, the universe sense to it. Mm-hmm. What if we're also the cell of a, of another creature? Then it'll just expand your mind so much more than it already has, <laughs> it? if you knew the answer to that. It's an unanswerable question, but it's a good thing to think about. Is it unanswerable? I mean, it probably is unanswerable because imagine here's something, right? Imagine if we are in the imagine cell of another. Z- imagine we're in the cell of another creature, right? Uh, <laughs> and then what's that inside of? Imagine so we're inside of like a huge puppy dog. Actually, here's a funny question, right? What would what would we actually be in now? Because this is the first thing that's come to my head. I thought would be inside of it like a uh, a sort of a drunken guy who just <laughs> his life's <laughs> absolute mess. <laughs> <laughs> He's like just destroying, destroying everything. He's like pouring gasoline down his down his throat <laughs> and just cutting down all the internal trees with inside. Like, he's stuff. like 24, <laughs> 24 hours away from death, and like if then twenty four hours for us is like two hundred zillion years. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, oh man, I've tried to comprehend that. I've tried to get the point in my mind where I've been looking at like life is. Is it just to the point of a game? Is it just to the point of a simulation? Is it just to the point of, like, are we living inside of another creature? I remember us talking about this before in in my office, the office. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I was just thinking to myself, does this is the knowing of that question is what's what's going to expand my mind, or is it just the question itself which yeah. is going to expand my mind? And it's obviously just the question itself in my mind, uh, in my opinion. And that question, when you o- when you really open it, the thought of it, yeah, all it does is it shows you how small and insignificant your life and your problems seem to be, because ultimately I like that. That's true, very really true. Because ultimately, what it is is 
we are just tiny pawns on a a vast checkerboard, <laughs> and that's how that's how limited we are. Yeah, we are, we are probably like a little smudge of a like of a giant beautiful canvas that's getting painted. Yeah. There's a beautiful there's a do you know how like you go through certain periods where you hear certain like more pieces of motivation and certain bits of quotes and stuff yeah Johnny is might actually be fitting to put it on the end of this podcast as well because it's going to describe what I'm going to say here but it's basically a piece describing that what you just said there about in life that we sometimes get we sometimes get we go too internalised within ourselves I know like people say the journey is you need to be more you need to go more internal mm-hmm. but you can become too sophisticated just on the self and sometimes in life that you need to actually just be the wit- have the witness mind and look around at the world like where the lake now and realise that because in our lives we I feel it I mean everyone's going to feel it themselves yeah. you have this essence of like you are important you're you are you are the everything it's hard to to, to to take your mind away from yourself and look at something else is that you're not, not in, you're not important yeah but I think sometimes when you do just allow things to like witness things like witness the bigger picture that you're a part of something bigger than yourself I think that's that introspection in itself can it can take the stress off you in so many things in your life well that's what I think do you find that no yeah I completely agree I just think that's a beautiful point what you brought up there it's kind of like when I look at the stars I don't just view them as something incredible like incredible little bright lights staring at us I view them as um, little little aspects of therapy that I draw upon because I just straight away I look up and I go any of these problems going to matter any of these worries and any stresses anxieties pressures is any of it going to matter when I'm looking up here? Because straight away it shows you. It's like someone's looking back at you going, look, sort yourself out. Because yeah. there is a bigger picture that you're actually not viewing. And it just shows us so how how small but yet big we think we are. Yeah. If you look at an ant and we think, wow, we're massive compared to you. But <laughs> then we look at the universe and we're dwarfed by its size. In the universe's eyes, there's nothing stopping us from being the, that ant. Here's something though: if we are in the side of a living creature, are we going to actually be a parasite? Are we going to? That's the choice. Are you going to be a parasite inside of something? Like a rogue cell. Are you going to be someone who just is a complete nuisance within that live on that living creature? Have, did you ever hear the story, by the way, about? Um, I wanted to tell you this today because I was <coughs> listening to this on. A, I think it was. On, I don't know if it was on a podcast or I read it up somewhere. Mm-hmm. But basically, it was an interesting story about how. Um, so basically, there's like a parasite that embeds itself in rats and mice. Mm-hmm. So, it, so basically, rats and mice eat this, eat this parasite. It goes inside the rats and the, the mouse's body. Mm-hmm. But then what happens is the parasite makes releases some sort of a mechanism within the rat or the mouse that makes the rat attracted to cat's wee. Really? Sexually Whoa. as well. <laughs> <laughs> so the rats and mice get sexually attracted to the cat's wee. The rats go to the cat's way, and then the cats eat the rats, right? So then the parasite goes from the rat inside the cat's head, and all along, the parasite's whole plan for its growth and for its evolution had to be in the cat. Whoa. It's crazy, that, isn't it? Where did you, where did you see that? I can't remember where it was. God, that's trying to find that for me. That's truth. I'll have to check that out. So, was it like an actual journal article or something like that? I can't remember where it was now, but it's, it is true, though, if you look it up. There was a study about it. It's called... Uh, toxoplasmosis I think it's called the whole process of it it's a really oh. it's a real 
top scientific study. But do you think it's funny though how that in life it had to be sex as well? So like, like how uh, many times? It's <laughs> se- how many times in life does sex like fuck you up? <laughs> like makes you do something or take a bad decision because you want because of or like of a, of a sexual drive. It's funny how it had to be sex, did not it? That, yeah, it work as well. Like it's funny how the universe <laughs> works, isn't it? That's class, up, brother. Um, what was I going to say again as well? But here's something: if that's the case, what if there's a parasite inside of us making us do something in our life? Like there was another example, right? <laughs> and I don't even know if this is a real study, but I heard this somewhere that I don't know if I think it was. I mean, this might be a real study, but it'd be good if it is. But there was actually also a parasite that's found in human bodies. In, a, in Africa or somewhere like that that embeds mm. itself in the knees of certain humans this is what I heard anyway it might be this could be bullshit this mind you I'm not too <laughs> sure but it sounds interesting anyway <laughs> I heard it somewhere and it makes the person go to water because the parasite like this for its evolution needs to go to water so it makes the person yeah. go put the legs in the water so the parasite's driving that person to go to the water like controlling like neurologically taxed tax their body and makes them go to the water like what it, what in society now, could we... What parasite could be in our minds now? Well, you could... Because I've asked myself that. What's driving this being? What's actually driving me and you now? What's driving me and you to have these conversations? What's driving me and you to be attracted to certain people, to eat certain foods even? Because mm-hmm. we know all the information now on, on microorganisms within the body, of like how gut itself, uh, our bacteria in our gut also is intelligent and has and makes certain decisions and does certain things, like biochemically. Then it ultimately, so what's forcing? What could be inside of us that's if, making us do something? If it's like these parasites, like you, what you're seeing, these have um, like your gut microbiomes, and they're taking control of the engine, sort of say, and they're like they're running the show. So basically, what's happening in there is is like um, there's like a big ecological system going on inside your own body like a, a government a, yeah, like, like its own country going on inside yeah. where it's where it's making its own decisions in parliament going yeah this guy needs needs a lot of sugar in his diet and then all the other parasites yep yep i agree agree mm-hmm. and then it's like another parasite going well maybe he may and then there's like this one rogue rogue um parasite in your body going well, actually maybe this guy should have a salad because ultimately, I think it's going to help them, guys. No, no, that's never helped. How good do we feel on sugar and yeah. shit? And it's like, no, no, guys, let's just give this guy a salad. Maybe, maybe, maybe the sugar thing that we keep giving him, maybe it's not working. No, no, no. Keep with the sugar. Who yeah. votes for sugar? Me. Yeah. <laughs> but then, like, in your body, not so much mine. We want some more sex in my, here. Mine will be like fifty-fifty, <laughs> like a big like hamburger there. Yeah. And then it's like <laughs> the next day, it's like, you know what? I had a good night's sleep. Oh, who's up for the salad? Yeah, <laughs> just a couple of people. Like, but, yeah. but yours is like, a, like they're all ninety nine percent of all. Like, yeah, healthy food. Yeah, meditation. <laughs> like a big corner. Yeah, and there's like this one, like rogue one, which is like tiny, like a little minute in the corner. Everyone's laughing at him. Yeah, can can we have a little sugar? Yeah. No, screw screw the conspiracy <laughs> guy. Fuck uh, him. <laughs> yeah, you think sugar is gonna be <laughs> GMOs? Fuck off. <laughs> Where are we going with this, brother? Oh, no, I can't remember. I was going to see it. I lost my train of thought there. What? Yeah, can I tell you about my lucid dream? Yeah, two, wait, let's see if I can get this back. Just do one second. What All right, no problem. What was I going to see again here? Oh, can I get it? I'll just tell you lucid dream. I'll see if I can pull it back. I'll th- try and think of it. Yeah, no worries. Anyways, if you find it, just tell us. Anyway, so I've been, like I said, been reading Charlie Morley's book, and I've just finished it after a week. And in that week, all I wanted to do was get a lucid dream. So I've been doing my hand checks. Well, that's different. What am I dreaming? 
<laughs> um, so I've been doing my hand checks. I've been doing all the, um, the techniques. Like, um, repeating mantras and that. Like, when I dream I will be lucid. When I dream I will be lucid. And when I dream I will see my hands. Yeah. So I see, the one that, that just sorry to jump in, but the one that I use is, is that I say, tonight, I go, tonight when I dream I will see my hands and become aware that I'm in a dream. Tonight when I dream I'll see my hands and become aware that I'm in a dream. And that one's really been good for me. Yeah, well, I use something very similar to that. The ones I've been using is tonight in my dreams I will see my hands. Tonight on my dreams I will see my hands. Missed out the lucid bit, right? So that's key. Tonight in my dreams I will see my hands. Because I knew straight away with the amount of times I've been checking my hands, I'm going to instantly realise it's a dream. Because yeah. I've been looking at my hands and I've been like picturing like the texture on them. And I know straight away the detail in them hands, straight away I know it's going to be either reality or a dream. So all I've been doing is... In my dreams, I will see my hands. In my dreams, I will see my hands. So this one night, about two nights ago, I slept. And all that was, was me dreaming about my hands. And I was just watching my hands. And looking, there was massive gold around my hands. Like a beautiful golden aura. And it was just my hands staring back at us. No detail on them. Just my plain hands. And I was thinking... Thinking, this is a weird dream. This is a weird dream. And I woke up, and straight away I thought, What the hell was that dream about? And I was thinking, Strat, damn it, that was my test to see if I was just to realize I was lucid. Yeah, that was my moment. So, like, I didn't click in the time. I've had loads of them dreams where I do that, you know. It was me telling myself all throughout the day. And by the way, I've started to really analyze my dreams. Um, I had a one recently, uh, last night actually. And it was me getting chased, um, doing like this obstacle course with younger people. And I, well, I've dreamt about doing this obstacle course before. And I've always came first in this obstacle course. Mm-hmm. Always leads to bigger and better challenges. But I've, now this was with um, a younger person. And I woke up and I didn't complete the race. I actually quit halfway through and I woke up. And, and it was weird because straight after I woke up and I, I started like writing down the dream because I want to remember it I started figuring out this was mainly my subconscious competing with previous thoughts about me accepting being old mm-hmm. getting older than I'm not 20 no more I'm I'm a 30 year old man and I was really analysing a lot of the dream and I found out a lot of this dream what I was having just after write, writing it all down that it was really my psyche it was really the dream itself is the therapy and it's showing you the guidance of what you need to like think and focus on because yeah. it it will provide you um, a solution to what you want. Carl Jung's got a book about that that I haven't, I've, I'm going to download it on the Audible actually but it's called Dream Interpretation and it's quite a long book. I think it's like 20, 48 hours I think actually. Whoa. But he's a great researcher who's done, who's tried to like decipher what you were saying there about is dreams itself trying to like sort of dream interpretation but then also trying to see it is dreams actually trying to show us the aspect of something that we need to improve in our lives yeah i had an example right of a dream where where so i would say that in my mind i think we all have periods of this in our lives where i was going through a, I went through a little period like the dream sh- brought this to me awareness even though deep down i knew it was there mm-hmm. but one thing that i was thinking of is i was going through a period where i was seeing a lot of girls as um 
I mean, not the full essence of us, because there's still a part of us who know that, that women aren't just a sex object, but there was a part of us where I could see the ego was taken over and just sort of looking at women as a more of a sexual attraction instead of actually looking at them for who they truly are. <laughs> and the, I had a dream where... The dream, right? It actually made us... I told you this, I think. I can't remember. Yeah, I think you did, actually. I but it's good this. to tell anyway. The dream... I had a dream, right? It wasn't a lucid dream, but it was very, very vivid. And it made me be a female. And I remember <laughs> looking down at my feet and I had, like, red high heels on. I had, like, tanned <laughs> legs. My legs were all shaved, just like they are now. <laughs> and um, I was standing on a street corner. <laughs> You're a hooker. <laughs> <laughs> and there was loads of, um, like, guys coming up. There's on the street and they were, like, honking the horns and shouting at us and... Like saying, "Hey, sexy and stuff like that. Want to want to have a night with me and stuff like that." And I got, into, I felt what it felt like for a girl to be in that position, and it didn't feel good. It felt quite intimidating. Like mm. it felt that I felt under threat. Like I didn't feel safe. And I, in the dream itself, I felt that fully, and I felt what it feels like for a girl to be looked at just in a sexual as a sexual object, and yeah. not really seen for who you truly are. And obviously, as a society, there's a lot of people doing that. But like, I'm gu- I've been guilty of it, but I've recognised it now, and I'm, I'm, I'm ch- I'm, I don't want to do that. But like, the dream itself well, that's a big dream, by the way. Sh- the, and it really, really isn't is it? So the dream, dream showed us it. And when I woke up, I was like, "Whoa!" I just went, "What a fucking dick you've been! What an arsehole!" Mm. Like, I, honestly, I hate myself. I hate myself for for a good two hours, three hours. I hate myself. And then, I, and then I realised, what do I do from this mo- moment? What I do is, is I change that thought in my head and I realise what that dream's taught us. And from now on, I don't see women as a sexual object and I see them for who they truly are. And it's obviously still a lesson because it is hard for... for It's hard for, probably for girls to see, to do that as well. But it's definitely... I'm a, I'm a, I am a man. Well, I'm a boy. <laughs> and I'm definitely... Um, I, can, I can only go from my own lessons that I've got and I know yeah. what it's like to be a boy and it is you are in life in the modern day world we are I'm not making any excuses for men because of who we are but we are everything's sex everything's uh, telling yeah. you to do sex but I think you've got to but that was just a lesson anyway I think I, I think that's a very big powerful dream especially to put you in such a big big situation where a guy's picking up a hooker to the put I can't imagine you as a hooker <laughs> um, but when I'm really putting myself my mind into that position you can see the vulnerability of a, of a woman in that position when especially the man who's meant to be the more masculine more the more provider or protector you know that person's just to give yeah. they're just to receive he just wants what he wants and he knows that you're the way to get it and he doesn't care if he hurts you he doesn't care if he like has to punish you in a way he will get what he wants and that's the terrifying aspect of it it's the unknown of like the fear I'm a, I'm a woman I'm alone in a very vulnerable situation, and, and and but it makes me think as well. Though there's a lot of women out there who's very strong, and I don't want to like bring women down and make them feel like they're all they're all weak-minded and they need men. But because they don't, I mean, there is a lot of very strong, powerful yeah. women out there, and they can really hold their own beyond men. And that's they are incredible, and I really salute my hat off to them. You never have to like promote that aspect of life. I mean, because we're all powerful beings. We're all incredible creatures, and that's what's all special about it. I mean, we we often like that's a terrifying thought as well. Actually, believing that we're more superior than the feminine, and the feminine's more superior than the masculine, yeah. because just like the yin and the yang symbol, 
Yeah. <laughs> um, but I've now got it tattooed on my body. Which he now has <laughs> tattooed on his body. <laughs> um, which everyone will see, by the way. I'm going to put it out there. You will get it out. For <laughs> yeah. this uh, I haven't was, seen it myself, This tattoo is not in a place where anyone wants to see it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, we actually start like visualizing like, oh yeah, like... I'm I'm such a bad person for viewing women as of like these objects and that. But ultimately, you've been a young man and you've been primed through your sexual, like aggression and that you're very testosterone real, built per person. And yeah, you probably wanted like, yeah, this is what I wanted. This is yeah. this is natural for me. And yeah, that is natural. Never beat yourself up. You were a grown person. And women find men men attractive. Women find men sexy. They look at men and they think, yeah, I want to have sex with them course but I, I like that but just think like just like everything though sorry to cut you off but just like everything there is a balance between that and i think that balance may have been tipping a bit too far yeah that's true like, without even really without unconsciously really knowing it like i've never i'm not a sexist person i'm not like i always try and have the balance i want to understand that the balance of the masculine feminine needs to be there mm-hmm. but maybe it was just tipping a little bit too much and like just like we said before the universe has that trickster expert aspect where it turns you into a female hooker standing on the street <laughs> <laughs> getting abused by loads of men <laughs> and maybe it does do that maybe it does brother should we leave it there yeah i see that was a really good episode there brother so i hope someone comes a female hooker tonight <laughs> <laughs> honestly to be honest that's a good thing about this i want us i want you to tell us a bit about your dreams what's been going on in your minds yeah. really analyse your dreams and that's that's the next step I want to see what a lot of people are dreaming, dreaming about or especially like minded people or think about something in your life that the trickster aspect of the universe and think about something that the dream something that you're that you know that you're not doing correctly in your life or something that you need to improve mm-hmm. just think about the next time what the dream could make you turn you into oh wow <laughs> love it brother <laughs> peace and love peace and love everyone boom Thanks so much for listening to the podcast and this podcast is an important part of your consciousness and week and you're getting some value or entertainment or whatever. would really be appreciated if you could sign up to our Patreon page and I know some people can't afford it. That's absolutely cool. We don't expect you to pay. But what we're saying is if you, you might be a person who can help us out. So if you are, we'd really be appreciated. And as a bonus, and as always on these observing our thoughts, I'm going to play this one out with a song slash speech called The Extraordinary Life. It's basically a piece of philosophy sort of with added with added music on top of it. It's by a philosopher called Burgess. I think that's how you pronounce his name. I've just come across him and found him. But basically he's a philosopher and a meditation teacher. I'll also put the link to this in the show notes. So anyway, enjoy. If I could get you to do one thing, I would say when you get to the point that you really feel highly motivated to towards keeping your virtue, then you'll ex- you'll discover quite quickly just how extraordinary a life was meant to be and could be. It's just we get so messy. It's not that we're doing lots of wrong things, but our mind is so messy. We don't keep it simple. 
and and we end up making the life that we're living so inordinately complicated and completely unnecessarily and it's such a shame to end up feeling <laughs> in a real muddle when actually you ought to be having the time of your lives. and virtue to come to a fortunate human life. Thank you. 